Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Is it, is it too early to say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas! Awesome. Um, in our house, and if you've been attending Canvas Church for a while, you know this, but um, Christmas always starts early at our house. And uh, typically we have traditions where we like decorate the house after Thanksgiving. We kind of delayed that a little bit uh, this year. But um, how many guys were playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Be honest. Okay, a few of you. How many guys were playing it this summer? I see one hand over there. It's awesome. Um, but as my wife mentioned, a lot of great things happening uh, at Canvas Church. Uh, one of which starts this Tuesday night. Um, we are, um, uh, have our Bible classes um, that some of the pastors here teach every Tuesday night. And uh, so if you're looking at going a little bit deeper in the Word, um, we'd love for you to join us on Tuesday night. And you can do that, um, and you can sign up. You can come see me if you have some more questions. And I'd uh, love to answer those questions, but we're doing uh, Basic Doctrine 2, which follows Basic Doctrine 1. Uh, but also, great class, Life of Christ. And uh, if you're interested in going deeper in the Word and maybe exploring more about the life of Christ, man, this is a great class. And here's the cool thing about it is you can do it um, for credit, actually, if you want. So if you are looking for some credits, maybe you're college age and you want to get some credits and uh, that's something you want to do, you can do it for credit or you can just audit it and show up, take the class, learn. We've had lots of people coming through. It's been great. So that starts this Tuesday night. i uh, love for you to look into that because here's the thing. As a church, the greatest thing we're doing is teaching the Bible. Yeah. Amen? Teaching people about about Jesus. And so, uh, man, it's a great opportunity for go a little bit deeper uh, than just here on, uh, on Sunday mornings. But uh, today we're in the middle of our series entitled Hope. And so I want you to go with me in your Bibles to actually an Old Testament book, uh, the book of Micah, in which we've been exploring this book together. If you want some notes, some paper ones, you can raise your hands in the air and uh, they'll get those to you. We also have them on our app. Uh, but we've been in this series now. I think this is like our fourth or fifth week in this series. And uh, well, God just led me to go to the book of Micah because Micah is all about uh, restoration and hope. Um, I know as we've been reading through it, there's some big moments of judgment, some big moments where God shows up, uh, you know, through the prophet Micah and pronounces judgment on the nation for their sin. Uh, but through that, every single time, hope is offered. And uh, man, we're in a great season right now, the Christmas season, the most wonderful time of the year. Um, and the reason it's the most wonderful time of the uh, year is because we're celebrating the fact that hope came, uh, that Jesus is the hope of the world and that he came. And so as we celebrate Christmas, we're really celebrating this idea of hope. And so we've been looking at some different thoughts uh, through um, the book of Micah in regards to hope. And if you missed last week's message, I encourage you to go back there and listen to it. Hope in your voice, uh, that your voice, man, offers hope to others. And sometimes your voice is the voice of hope to yourself. And so if you missed that message, I encourage you to go back there. Uh, next week we'll continue on. And then, um, and then uh, the 18th is our last Sunday together um, uh, because Christmas falls on a Sunday. And you might be looking at it like, yeah, why wouldn't we have church on Christmas Day? Well, we tried that one time and none of you showed up. <laughs> and so therefore, we're taking the cue from you and we're not going to have church on Christmas morning, all right? And so, um, and so we're having our Christmas Eve service, which will be awesome on the 24th right here. Um, that's always an incredible time together and, uh, and whatnot. But um, celebrating the idea of hope, and today I want to talk to you from the idea of hope found in the church. Hope found in the church, the power of hope and restoration. 
uh, is seen throughout this whole entire book. What is hope? It's a feeling of expectation, a desire for a certain thing to happen. Has anybody ever had that happen before? Like you just have a, a desire for something? Anybody out there? Like you're, you, you, there's this hope, this expectation that things are going to happen this, this way. That's the whole idea of hope. And today, I think, um, as we look at Micah chapter 4 together, we're just going to look at the first five verses. I think it brings us one of the most powerful moments in the whole book, really. Um, and we're going to read it together, and we're going to discover that hope comes uh, through the church. That hope is found in the church, that it's God's design. Um, it was his plan for hope to be found. Uh, and I don't just mean Canvas Church, I mean the church globally. Uh, but in that, the expressions of the church that are found, hope is to be found in the church. Micah chapter 4, um, starting in verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We'll just read through the first five verses. And it says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on the earth. Uh, what does the scripture mean theologically when it says the last days? Well, theologically, uh, the last days represent the, 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 from the time of Christ until now. So we're living in the last days. Christ already came. He did his work on the earth. Uh, he was crucified. And he, the Bible says now he's, you know, in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father. And what's he doing? He's making intercession for you and I. And so theologically, we're in the last days. And so here's what it says. It says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on the earth. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. What does that mean? It will be raised above the other hills. And people from all over the world will stream there to worship. Uh, other translations use the word flow, but there's this whole idea that there is this personal desire to do something and to go somewhere. This, this idea of a stream and this idea of a flow isn't manipulation, it's not compulsion, it's not a mandate, it's a willful desire for people to go someplace. Are you with me? So in the last days, man, the highest place is going to be the Lord's house. It will be raised above other hills. What's that talking about? It's talking about other, other teachings or other institutions or other places people might look to try to go to for answers. But in the last days, the Lord's house is going to be raised. Are you with me? And people are going to willfully go there. They're going to want to go there. They're going to be looking for something. People all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, now listen to it, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways. What's going to happen in the last days? Where is it going to happen? What's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to learn the ways of God. And then what happens? And then we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord uh, will, will uh, meditate between, or mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their, their uh, spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation. How beautiful is that? Nor train for war. There'll be peace. 
There'll be no more war. There'll be no more strife. There'll be no more conflict. Verse 4, everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees. What's that? They won't be greedy for more. They will enjoy what they have. For there will be nothing to fear. There'll be no more fear. Man, how many of you guys ever dealt with fear before? But in the last days, people are going to flow, come on, to the mountain of the Lord. We're going to talk about what that is. And there they're going to find a freedom from fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Wow, look whose stamp of approval is on this. In other words, this isn't me, Micah, a prophet, coming to you and declaring this. And for all future generations that would read the scripture, this isn't just an idea that is coming from a man in one moment, in one place, in one time. No, this is the Lord of the heaven's armies making this promise. That ought to get you a little bit excited. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on the earth. It will be raised above the other hills. The people all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that in the next few moments we have together that, God, you would just uh, teach us from your word today. That, God, these words that we read would make sense to us <coughs> in our culture. Would make sense to us in the moment that we're walking through. And that we'd be encouraged by them. Lord, I pray that you'd help me now just create a place for people to discover your son Jesus. Know your incredible love and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. How many of you are married or have been married before? Just raise your hand, okay, awesome. How many of you desired to be married one day or married again? Or maybe you're in, the, in between, I don't know if I wanna do that again, right? Um, man, I think, I think honestly, you know, and I can speak from my, my, my framework, is that man, marriage is one of the greatest things ever, man. I've been married for 25 years and it's been a great experience. All right, thank you. Um, I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. I mean, she's just sitting in the front staring at me. I'm talking about great marriages, and she's just like, oh, I mean, subjective. You know, like, um, but you know, one of, the, one of the things about being married and, and one of the skill sets you need to develop real quick, really in any relationship, is how to communicate. Um, if you cannot communicate uh, in any relationship, things get difficult, especially in a marriage. If you cannot uh, understand how your wife communicates, and if your wife cannot understand how you communicate, I thought I'd be getting some more amens on this part, right? Like, if you don't understand, there, there can just be this, this gap. Like, I want to know, like, like, how she ticks and what makes her tick, and and I'll never forget, um, I, it was kind of early on in our marriage, although it's kind of carried on over the course of 25 years, but I'll never forget the time um, that we're sitting on the couch, and I think we're like watching a show, and all of a sudden she just learn, looks at me and goes, so what do you think about that? I'm pausing for effect, because some of you are gonna understand where I'm going. And, and I'm like, what? Yeah, the show's great. 
She's like, no, no, what do you think about that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, what do you think about what we're, what we're talking about? And I'm like, babe, we have not been talking. I'm sitting here. Anybody else know what I'm going You feel my pain here? And here's what happened. I realized is that she has had this whole conversation with me in her mind. And the only part of the conversation that I'm privy to is, what do you think about that? And I've learned the hard way to say, oh, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> to come home to five pairs of new shoes. Come on, somebody. Like, babe, what did you do? You said it was okay. You know, like we had a car. In that moment, I just found myself like, I have no clue what's going on right now. I need a little more information. I need to know what's going on inside of that beautiful head of yours, right? And I would like to say this ended around, you know, year three of the marriage, but there's still moments. Come on, somebody. And now she looks at me and says, yeah, but you picked up on some of that, right? Like, so sometimes I'll be like, don't you think that's a good idea? And she'll be like, what are we talking about right now? And I'm like, the conversation we just had, it was really good in my mind, right? And here's the thing is that, that in order for us to kind of be on the same page and know what's going on, um, I need to know how she works. I need to know what, what she's thinking. I need to know what she's saying. I need, to, I need to understand her ways. Are you with me right now? Okay? Because how many know that men are completely wired different than women? Right? And if you haven't discovered that yet, that's probably part of your frustration. Right? We're completely wired differently. But the more we spend time together and the more not only do I understand what she's saying, but the more I understand how she operates and what she thinks and, and the way she does things, guess what happens? Man, our relationship goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And here Micah says, in the last days, what is he talking about? In the last days, he's talking about this moment, hey, Christ is gone, the church is now being formulated, that people will stream to the house of the Lord. Now here's what I, you need to understand. The prophets, when they prophesied, only prophesied from their framework. They, 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 they only saw what they saw, and they used the analogies they could use. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I get a word from God, and, and I only give that word through the lens that I have. Well, as Micah is prophesying, he has seen something. He has seen a flow of people going someplace. He calls it the house of the Lord. And, 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 and so some people read this and think that, yeah, there's going to be the establishment, and there will be, you know, when the new heavens and the new earth come. But there's going to be establishment of this new Jerusalem, and everyone's going to flow to Jerusalem saying, hey, we need to learn something. But understand this, that Micah is seeing things through his filter, and at that time, Jerusalem was the center of worship. It was the center of all religious activity. So as he's getting this download in this picture, he's just using the analogies he knows. But what's really happening here in the spirit realm from a spiritual sense is he's getting a picture of the future church. In the last days, what's going to exist? The church of Christ is going to exist. And here's what's going to happen. In those last days, people are going to flow to the church. There's going to be a revival. There's going to be a willfulness of people to say, I need something different in my life. I need a transformation. I need a change. I need answers 
to the questions that are swirling around in my mind. Are you with me right now? And this picture is painted that people are going to flow there, and it's going to be higher than the other high places, meaning that there are other institutions and things that people might try to go to and look for for answers, but it's going to leave them wanting, it's going to leave them dry. But there's going to be one place, the prophet says, that they're going to go to, and they're going to find freedom. They're going to find answers. They're going to find what they're looking for. And here's what they're going to say. Let's go to the place and say to him, teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. We want to understand. We want to know. God, would you teach us your ways? We know this is the church. Matthew 5, 14 through 15 says, you are the light of the world. Like a city, where? On a hilltop. I believe this is what Micah was seeing. If that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. People are going to stream there, and they're going to say, teach us, teach us your ways, your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. And I have in your notes here, um, and I'm just going to give them to you real quick, and then we're going to go back to number one, because we're probably not going to get to the rest of them, but I know there's some people out there that love to have blanks filled in. Because if not, you'll be twitching later. You won't be able to sleep tonight. The first one is this, and you can fill in the blank. Uh, four specific freedoms we see in this passage. Freedom from ignorance. He will teach us his ways. Number two, freedom from war and conflict. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Number three, freedom from want. Everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree. And number four, freedom from fear. No one shall make them afraid. First one, freedom from ignorance. He will teach us his ways. So many, so many things could have been said here in this prophetic moment. So many ideas could have been projected. But the very first one that is said and the very first one that is projected that Micah grabs hold of in his framework is he said, hey, they're gonna stream there. Listen, man, it's not, it's a river, it's a flow of people. People coming from all over, different nations represented. And one church isn't enough, come on somebody. The church is enough, but there's going to be many expressions through the local church. And I believe that we're in those moments. I believe that we're in those days. I believe that as we head into 2023, just weeks from now, that we're going to see people flowing like never before into the churches all over Escondido. I believe that. Why do I believe that? I believe that because the church is the hope of the world. Because the church is preaching Jesus. I believe the church is a place of healing. And people need healing and people need hope. But another reason why I believe it is because the prophet declared it, that in the last days, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is, this is why we as a church are always planning, as a local church, we're always planning like, hey, what's next? Uh, do we need to think about two services? And you look around, you might say, no, there's plenty of open seats, but, but you need to see through the, 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 the eye of the prophet today. You need to say, no, there's gonna be a flow, there's gonna be a river of people 
coming. And all nations are represented. All people groups are represented. And there they're going to come. And this is what they're going to want. They're going to want someone to teach them the ways of God. Notice it doesn't say that people will stream and get to the house and get to the place and say, hey, show us your glory. But man, I'll be honest, I love, I love the glory of God. It doesn't say, hey, give us a sign and a wonder. Now you need to understand something about your pastor. I'm a big signs and wonders guy. I love it when God shows up and man, he does the miraculous and he does something and you're just like in awe. Anybody else out there? Man, it's a, part of, it's a part of who we are as a church. We believe in that. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the supernatural. We believe that there's nothing outside of, uh, of God, that he can do anything, that with God all things are possible. That's why we pray every Sunday morning, and we pray for the sick, and we pray for people to be saved, and we pray for marriages to be restored. And are you, are you with me? Like, man, we're, we're, we love it. Why do we love it? Because we see it in Scripture that he's a God of miracles. He's a God of the supernatural. But that is a byproduct of who he is. Here's what they're going to say. They're not going to be looking, hey, show us a manifestation. Now listen, hear my heart. Like I, I've, I've seen, I've seen broken arms healed. Prayed for myself right there on the spot. I've seen, I've seen someone who was blind in a service and we prayed for that lady and she started freaking out, running around. I can see, I can see. I've been that service. I've been a part of that prayer. I could go on and on and on and on. I've seen it. I've seen God so graciously and sovereignly with love deliver people from demonic spirits. Okay. Here's the thing. When people come in the last days, that's not what they're going to be seeking. They're going to be seeking this. Teach us your ways. God, we want to know, we want to know the inward workings. We want to know why you do what you do and how you do what you do so that we can be, we, we, we can be a part of it. We, we, we don't want to be like, like Ben and Katie. Where we're lost. What? We want to come in, in, and we want to know your ways. We want to know the intricate dealings of what you're doing and how you're doing it and why, why, you're, why is that? Because, you know, I think about it and I think one of the greatest things that crushes hope is the distance between expectation and reality. That, that, that we have, has anybody in here ever had an expectation for something? Hope. What is it? Let me read it to you again. A feeling of expectation and desire of a certain thing to happen. Anybody ever have a hope for something? And so there's this expectation in us for something. You know, uh, spiritual things aside for a minute. You, you just have a hope and an expectation for something. And you're desiring that. And then reality comes. And, and the reality's here, but expectation was here. What does that do? It, it crushes hope. It crushes hope. I know I've been there before. Maybe you're, maybe you're there right now. 
Maybe you're in this place of like, wow, like I, this, is, this is not how I thought it was going to be. This is not how I thought my marriage was gonna be. This is not how I thought it was gonna be as a parent. This is not how I thought it was gonna be as a business. This is not how I thought it was gonna be, well, you, you name it. And there's this expectation and then reality's over here and everything in between is just like dysfunction and chaos and what is going on. I've had that happen several times in, in my life. And you know, the, the whole goal is to learn to trust God in the moment and in the process. But let's be honest, that's not always easy to do, right? Let, let me read you this verse. It's not always easy to do. <laughs> Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Right, like when that dream and, and that hope that you had and that desire and there and all of a sudden, man, it comes to pass. Oh my gosh, that's the best feeling ever. Are you with me? But what crushes hope is when the thing I desired and the thing I thought was gonna happen and reality's here. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, I'll never forget when we were in our, our journey of church planting and um, uh, being portable. What do I mean by portable? For some of you who don't know what that means, that means that every Sunday we would set up in a theater, and then that same Sunday we would tear everything down. And then we would do it again the next Sunday. For 52 Sundays. <laughs> Praise God. And... Uh, I remember uh, in that season where we, we thought we found a facility and, um, and it, was, um, it was like in an industrial area. And uh, man, we, we, we were just dreaming and, and we walked through it and we're like, man, this, this could happen. And uh, um, the real estate agent even gave us keys to the building to go ahead and walk through it anytime we wanted, to bring in our board, to bring in <coughs> architects and you know, structural people and how we would build it out. And so this wasn't like a one-day thing. This was like a month or two of negotiating. We had keys to it. We're walking through it. We flew our board members in. We're walking through it and we're dreaming together like, man, this is going to be awesome. We're no longer going to be portable. And, uh, and so then, um, um, so then uh, I was like, okay, let's, let's, you know, we got everything figured out. Like literally, we had architects come in. Got everything figured out. Let's, let's seal up our offer and send that offer. And we sent our offer, and, uh, and literally within 24 hours, they said, oh, no, we got somebody else that's going to rent it. Come to find out, they were actually, they were just playing us against each other to see who would give the better offer. I should have kept those keys and vandalized the place, but whatever. <laughs> I thought to myself, if I wasn't a pastor... Um, and in that moment, I'm telling you, man, my heart was crushed. Like, man, like we've been flying people in. Like we thought this was a done deal. Why did they give us the keys? But as I'm standing here today, I'm so thankful. Are you with me? We, we could have we been in a 3,000 square foot industrial area 
fighting for parking every Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. But instead, God goes, I'm going to give you 24,000 square feet, four parking lots, three and a half acres. I'm going to give you room to grow. I mean, you don't have to fight for parking when you come here. You can, you can park sideways and take up three spots right now if you want. I don't recommend it because there's a flow of people coming in 2023. Don't want you to get too comfortable with that parking spot of yours. I know some of you, you got, you got that new ride and you like to park in between so no one parks next to you and dings your doors. You better get ready for some door dings in 2023, all right? All right? Don't get mad at people on the way out, you know? Just, hey, man, it's a flow of people coming in. Micah told us about it. Get ready for it, right? But, but, but that feeling of hope being absolutely crushed when, when expectation and reality don't, don't line up. But the only way that that gap lessens is by the knowledge you receive. The more information you get, all of a sudden now, reality and expectation tend to line up a little closer. Are you with me? Enter the church. In the last days, people are going to flow to the church and they're going to find hope and they're going to find hope in the church because the church is going to teach people his ways. Because people are looking for hope in relationships. People are looking for hope in jobs. People are looking for hope in their 401k. People are looking for hope in their finances. People are looking for hope. Have you ever said this to yourself or heard someone say to yourself, if this happens, well then. If, if man, if I only got married, then all my relational issues would be solved. <laughs> you just multiplied your relational issues, right? If only I could just land that job, then man, everything would be so much better. If only I had a little bit more money in my account, man, then I could breathe a little more. And then you realize all you do is spend a little more. If I only had this, see, this is the world. The world is trying to find freedom and hope in all of these other things. But there's coming a day when people will turn and come to the church and they will flow and they will say, teach us your ways. And what's going to happen in that moment? What's going to, because here's why people are hopeless. People are hopeless because they have this expectation that the job is going to answer the question. People are hopeless because they have this expectation that the relationship is going to solve the problem. People are hopeless because they think if I just have a little bit more money in my account and they have all of that expectation, but yet reality is here and they're still in conflict and without hope because hope is not something you find. Hope is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And that's why it's important. That's why it's important that the church doesn't just come and, and give you a little pat on the back on a Sunday morning. Oh, you're going to be okay. Oh, you can make it. Oh, you can. Listen, the church needs to be a place in the last days when people stream in that we are giving them the truth about who God is. 
and teach people his ways. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, if we're teaching people the truth about God's word, people will come to the understanding. Listen, we've got to help people bridge the gap between what they've been pursuing and then looking for. And, and the reality, and the reality is, is you need Jesus. Because at the end of the day, every problem you have in your life is a sin issue. It's a sin issue. Now, it might not be your sin. It could be the sin of somebody else. And the only thing that will answer and give people hope is giving people the Word of God. People flow to the church. In the last days, look, I love worship, and that's worship. Man, I love, I love, I love signs and wonders. And when God shows up and does it, man, we embrace it. We go whatever direction he wants. But at the end of it all, the church is a place where people are coming to find hope and healing. But they'll only find it in the ways of God. And I believe that we're in that hour. I believe that we're in that moment. I believe we're in that time. I believe that 2023 is gonna be the greatest flow and stream of people coming, not just to Canvas Church, but to the church. They put their hope in other things. Listen to what it says. It's going to be the highest place above other high places that people have elevated government and success and fame and all this other stuff. It's gonna be the highest place and people are gonna turn willfully and come and my question is this, is will we teach him the ways of God? Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. And we thank you that your word is awesome. Thank you that there's hope found in the church. There's hope found in a church that is willing to, to tell people the truth. There's hope found in a church that doesn't skirt around the difficult questions and the difficult issues. There's hope and healing found in a place that's willing to proclaim the truth and the ways of God. And Lord, I pray that Canvas Church would always be that place. God, one day when I resign my position and the next pastor steps in here, I pray that Canvas would still be a place that unashamedly preaches and teaches the Word of God. God, I pray we would never become a place that preaches from a place of popularity or great, the greatest new leadership. And God, let us be a place that always stays centered because that's where people find hope, centered around your word. Hallelujah. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if I could just kind of bring this home to you this morning. Because here's the thing, God cares about you. He cares about what you're walking through right now. He cares about the things that are weighing you down and matter to you. And I want you to know he has the answer for you today. Yeah, the answer is Jesus, but I believe he has specific answers for you today. You're wavering, you're teetering. What do I need to do? Where's the resolve, the reality? and the expectation aren't lining up. And 
hope is crushed and it's deferred and your heart is sick. But God wants to move you gently, like a good heavenly father, to that place where the dream is fulfilled. Because it's like a tree of life. A tree of life. And you're here today. And, and God loves you and cares about you and the thing that's weighing on your heart. And you're here today and you would say, Pastor, the hope's deferred. The heart's sick. Could you pray for me today? Can you just shoot your hand in the air if that's you? Be honest. Just be honest in this place. The hope, hope's deferred. The heart's sick. I need, I need answers. I need Jesus to mediate. I need, I need Jesus to come. And I need the Holy Spirit to come and, 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 and give me a voice that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Yeah, hands all over the place. That's what I want. I want, I want everybody to stand to your feet because God loves you and he loves his children. He loves his people. So I'm gonna ask some of the prayer team and some of the small group leaders to come on up real quick. Just make your way up here. It's a prayer team, small group leaders, pastors, come on up. Lots of hands went up today. And if you need to respond and you're a leader, then you just hold off and you respond. But um, here's my first question to you because hope is found in Jesus. Um, you're here today and you would say, man, I'm far from Jesus. I need Jesus. If that's you, you're gonna get out of this seat in just a moment. You're gonna walk up here to one of these prayer people and you're gonna say, I need Jesus today. I'm far from him. I, I, need, I need hope. And hope is a person, it's Jesus, the anchor of my soul. Others of you, there was a lot of you that raised your hand saying, man, hope right now is deferred and my heart is sick. I need answers. I believe that God's gonna give you the answer today. God's gonna give you clarity. And in that clarity is gonna come peace. And as you move forward in peace, you're gonna see the dream fulfilled and it's gonna be like a tree of life. Are you with me today? God is good, he loves you. He cares about you. He cares about the pain that my wife already talked about, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever you're going, God cares about you, he loves you. So much does he love you that he said, hey, I got the answer. And he prophesied through the, 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 the guy named Micah thousands of years ago that people are gonna to stream to the house of the Lord, the church and they're gonna find hope there as they say, God, we need you and we need you to teach us your way. So I'm gonna pray, then I'm gonna dismiss. And as I dismiss, if you raised your hand, unashamedly come forward, unashamedly come forward and have someone pray for you today. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you for, God, the book of Micah. We thank you for hope that's coming through the church that it was prophesied about, it was spoken about. I pray that today, those that are here that need hope and healing in their life, would find it. You would teach them your ways. And in those moments, Holy Spirit, when they don't know what to do, they don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit, you would speak through them. Give them clarity. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, you raised your hand. Don't wait. Unashamedly. Come on, come forward right now. Come on, right now. You raised your hand. Come on, unashamedly. Come get prayer. Come find somebody. Stand with somebody right now. Come on. Come on, stand with somebody right now. You don't need prayer? You wanna hang out and worship for a while? Feel free. If you are gonna hang out and worship for a while and you got kids over in the children's ministry, go grab the children, go grab the kids, bring them over. They can worship with us. God bless. Have an amazing week.
We're going to minister to some people.